360 degrees. High high, 360 degrees. High high, 306, 306, 360 degrees. High high. Good evening, everyone. Welcome again to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. We are still here. This show is written and produced and is broadcasting from Huchin, a lonely territory known to settlers as the Bay Area. And tonight we honor work of Native Americans and their allies who dedicate their time and energy raising awareness on the struggles and needs of their communities. On tonight's show, we hear from prayerful Black Friday protesters at the Emeryville Shell Mound, a.k.a. the Bay Street Mall. We'll also hear one woman's story about her battle against meth and addiction on her reservation and within her own family. Finally, we'll hear from Native artists in action, hip-hop and rap artists, as well as community educators. All that tonight on Full Circle. We are your hosts. I'm Kat Petru. And I'm Freebone Franklin. Stay with us. Good evening, everyone, and welcome again to Full Circle. As Frank said, tonight we are honoring the work of Native Americans and their allies in the long haul of fighting for the needs of their communities. We start out right here on Ohlone territory. For the last 15 years on Black Friday, the day after the colonial holiday known as Thanksgiving, Ohlone people have been holding a prayerful protest at the Emeryville Shell Mound located at none other than Ohlone and Shell Mound Way in so-called Emeryville, a.k.a. Occupied Huchin. Now it's covered by the Bay Street Mall. But beneath that concrete is an ancient shell mound, a sacred burial site of the Ohlone people. Uh, my co-host Kat Petri was there this year and spoke with attendees about why they were there and why this battle for recognizing and returning sacred sites is so important. So why are you here today? Um, I came in from out of town from Seattle, Washington. I work at an urban tribal organization called United Indians of All Tribes Foundation in um, Seattle. And um, my friend and I and my coworker came in for the sunrise ceremony on Alcatraz Island yesterday morning. And we're staying with friends that are local, living in Oakland, um, and who connected us, who's friends with organizers here, and um, brought us here to this protest to uh, continue to do some work while we're in town for the next few days. Why was it so important to come to the Alcatraz ceremony? Like I said, we work for an urban native organization, and um, these these experiences and rituals of um, solidarity are important for, for us, especially coming from Seattle. Um, the occupation of our property where we hold space at Fort Lawton and Discovery Park in Seattle, Washington, was inspired by the Alcatraz Island takeover. We occupied that space for three months in the 70s, right after the occupation of Alcatraz. Um, to create a cultural center for Native people, and the occupation was successful, and so we have a beautiful cultural and social service center called Daybreak Star in Seattle, Washington. And so it was important for us to connect the roots of where the movement was started, or where a lot of the work was, the groundwork was laid um, through AIM, or, and to transfer that to what we are doing doing in Washington now, in Duwamish territory. So we felt like it was important to sort of close the loop and and be here and uh, be present for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
So why are you here today? Um, I'm here today because yesterday was Thanksgiving, today is Black Friday, and it feels right to be standing as an ally for indigenous communities, especially now when, you know, Thanksgiving obviously has a lot of tumultuous history behind it. And just this time last year, we saw our brothers and sisters at Standing Rock just getting like brutalized. So it feels so, so important, especially in this political climate, to be here, to be with these people standing with them. Can you tell me about the sign that your mom is holding? Yeah, so we made two signs that say protect sacred sites and then from Mauna Kea to the Shell Mount. And um, I'm working, I've been learning so much about the connections, about how everything is connected. And I think the indigenous community has put intersectionality into practice more than I've seen any other community. And I've been working on a documentary about Mauna Kea and the Mauna Kea movement. And through that, through Auntie Pua, who is one of the leaders of that movement, I got connected to Auntie Karina, who is um, very high up in the Ohlone community, who put on this event, and so many other powerful women that are really doing this work and making sure that the interconnectedness is very, very strong. Is there anything else you want to share right now? Just that I hope everyone get in, gets involved with supporting our indigenous communities. You know, a speaker earlier said that it is our responsibility as people who live here now to honor the people whose land this actually is. And I fully believe in that, especially it's one thing to take people's land. It's another thing to build things like Bay Street on top of it. So I feel really passionate about how important it is for everyone to get involved with this movement. Thank you so much. So why are you here today? Just giving um, support and um, standing with our Ohlone brothers and sisters for the just the, the disrespect and then the, the greed that they've had to endure, what's happened to this area and what's happened to the people. Why is this event so important today? Today it symbolizes um, the Black Friday and how people are just blinded by capitalism and like, oh, I have to go get you know the, the latest thing and... Here we are, and this is part of the machinery that kind of drives people to disavow or disrespect, you know, native peoples, um, marginalized peoples. So I just wanted to, I'm not here to shame anyone. I'm here to actually open eyes and educate um, the way I was educated and how my eyes were open. So. Can you just tell me about the sign you're holding? This sign, I made this sign this morning and it basically says, please boycott Bay Street Mall honor the sacred burial site and um, you know this is this is what it's all about I've seen a lot of folks reading it and I can read their lips as they as they read it and they they start you know tapping their um, the people in their in their vehicle saying you know this is a burial site I can see their eyes opening and I don't know what their emotions are but I, I can assume that there are a, a myriad of emotions like being aghast being surprised being shocked so um, if that's part of you know why I'm here and getting the message out, then I'll, I'll take that. Thank you so much. Right, thank you. So why are you here today? Um, I've been coming to this event for maybe 10, 15 years now, just to support um, the Ohlone people and to educate the community that uh, this is a sacred site still, and that um, it's just bad karma to you know shop and enjoy yourself on top of somebody's burial. So my signs are one upside, this is Ohlone land, and the other sign says don't shop in a cemetery. So just again, it's a lot about education and letting people know, because people don't know. And we've actually had, I've seen three people turn around right here in front of us, a U-turn. So I think that's, you know, little small um, battles that you win, just educating people, and hopefully they'll educate somebody else, and they'll educate another person, and 
we could just deter that and make make them feel that in their pocketbooks and and really you know looking at um, other there's another site that's in jeopardy so getting that information out so people can make better decisions and when it comes to voting or educating or speaking up and supporting you know native rights um, I think that's just important Thank you. The other question I was curious about is you say you've been doing this for 10, 15 years coming here. How has it changed over the years? I'm so curious. You know, it hasn't changed. Just new faces, new signs. Um, Sometimes you come up with another, you know, um, rant and stuff. Um, But it just kind of energizes you every year. And having the two events back to back is really helpful because a lot of people come in, you know, from a a long distance and they're at one event. So we always... um, at the Alcatraz Sunrise Ceremony, we always tell them, come over here to Emeryville. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just community support for the Ohlone's, but also supporting each other. You know, it's nice to see a lot of different faces. A lot of, There's a lot of young people here today that aren't involved in the Native community or anything. So, I mean, that's a success right there. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share? Just try to keep people educated and to use public media use Facebook and stuff like that to be aware of what's going on in your area and even if you go to some place you know to an event for an hour and stand up and make a sign or bring cookies or something like that that's really important because we have to support each other thank you so much you're welcome so why are you here today well so I'm here today with hundreds of other people uh, hopefully will grow into the thousands, uh, commemorating this Ohlone sacred site and calling on people of the East Bay, of Berkeley, of the entire Bay Area, really the world, to recognize indigenous people's rights as enshrined in the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, which was passed at the UN in 2007, but also just out of basic human decency. Um, I've lived in Berkeley for most of the last 40 years, and I was an environmental educator in Berkeley, and yet there's no real place for young kids in Berkeley to understand, learn about, and um, grasp the fact that this was Ohlone culture, Ohlone land, with habitation for 5,000 years before the uh, Europeans ever got here. We have, every school child in Berkeley, when they're studying history, should be coming down to this site here in Emeryville and learning about what <laughs> used to be here. Every school child in Berkeley should be coming to, down to 4th Street to the site of the West Berkeley Shell Mound in the village. And yes, there's murals under the freeway, and yes, there's some recognition, and yes, here in Emeryville there's some streets named Shell Mound and Ohlone. That's not what it takes. What it takes is a deep study, understanding, respect, and recognition that this is Ohlone people's land, and we're just here uh, as their guests. And in fact, we were uninvited guests. So we have a long way to go to bring back the culture, and it's not enough just to name a street or to recognize a holiday once a year, as Indigenous people say, which is a good step. But really, it's Indigenous Peoples Day every day in Berkeley because Indigenous Peoples are from here, were here, still are here, and we need to support them and give them a space on Forest Street where they can have their own ceremonial site, an educational center, a cultural center, daylight a creek, bring it back the way it used to be, and in fact, be a beacon for the world of showing that Berkeley, of all places, can honor, respect, celebrate, and support its indigenous heritage and the indigenous peoples who are still here and will be here 5,000 years from now. Thank you so much. So can you tell me why you're here today? Um, we're here to support um, the people that are here because the only people made a treaty and a 
for the pilgrims and they weren't supposed to build here but then they did but then they broke that treaty and no treaty has been kept with um, those pilgrims with the pilgrims no treaty has been kept and so that's why we're here to support them and tell them it's not good to um build here and chop over on that land because these are our ancestors land and um and yeah but we're trying to tell them in a, like a a peaceful way, like a, a good way, not like, not like um, where you say, "Hey, you're bad because you shop here. This is all lonely land." No, not like that, but like in a good way. Yeah. How's it going today? Um, good. Yeah. I I made my own sign, but my mom's carrying it right now. It says, "Don't shop on a lonely land." Trump don't care about Ohlone graves. Explanation mark. Wow. How did you come up with what to say? I don't know. It just it just comes up in my mind. And I also drew a picture of Target and a body under it. And also in that O and on, um, I also drew a shop and it's under um, a person. Great. That's amazing. That's amazing. Who are you here with today? I'm here with my mom, my brother, my cousin Aka, my cousin Chilele, my aunt also too. And I'm and um yeah, and we're here to take signs out and like to show them like why why this is important to know. Yeah, yeah. and that's really it. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. That's incredibly educational, meaningful, so important. Thank you. And tell me what your name is. And my name's Jaden Shinave Halamio. Thank you, Jaden. And I'm and I'm nine and I'm nine years old. And your tribe. And my tribe is Mohawk. Mohawk Ganawagi Mohawk. Thank you so very much. It is an honor to speak with you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Or evening or afternoon. I know what I don't know when you're gonna hear this. <laughs> and welcome back. You're listening to Full Circle on KPFA ninety four point one FM. That was some sound gathered at the 2017 Black Friday prayer and protest outside the Bay Street Mall in Emeryville. That sound was collected and edited by my co-host here, Kat Petru. Thank you, Kat. Um, I think a sign I would create would say, build a shopping mall on your great-grandparents' grave, not mine. (laughs) Totally. I mean, when you put it like that, it makes it so obvious how disrespectful these developments are. And actually, you could make that sign and bring it out to the West Berkeley Shell Mound down on 4th Street this Sunday. That's January 14th from 2 to 4 p.m. The Shell Mound is the oldest of its kind here on Ohlone land. And organizers are holding a prayer as part of the MLK Day 96 Hours of Action. You can find out more at the West Berkeley Shell Mound Facebook page. Also, the kpfaapprenticeship.org page. And uh, thanks for that local update, Kat. Absolutely. Now let's meet the next person making a difference for her native community. Up next, we'll hear from Julie Richards. She is of the Ogala Lakota Nation in South Dakota. And when meth came sweeping through her lands in South Dakota, it swept into all corners of the res, even into her own family and the tribal government. Julie, thank you so much for meeting with us today. Thank you for having me. So I'd love to know a little about the history of Mothers Against Meth. I'm curious, when did you notice meth coming into your community? And do you have any idea how it got there? About five years ago, my oldest daughter became addicted to meth. And of course, I went through the denial stage and no, not my daughter. 
she's probably just tried it. But by the time I came out of denial, she was already, you know, into it where she was smoking, smoking meth. And so um, I went to the tribe to get her help. They don't have any programs that dealt with meth addiction. And they really didn't know that it was here either. So I just started doing my own research on it. And and I start seeing it more and more. And this was five years ago. We heard about it like 10 years ago. We had um, this young girl who who took one hit and had passed away from it. And that was like very rare. You know, that was like the first time anybody ever heard about meth. And then so 10 years later, now it's, you know, more and more kids are getting into it. And to this day, we still don't have a program that deals with meth addiction. I uh, started going out and doing education and awareness with the youth. I started going into the schools, the jails, just trying to bring my daughter back from it. And and uh, it seems like the only time she would she'd you know be off it, she'd go to jail, she'd be in jail for a couple months, and she'd get out, she'd be sober maybe a month, and then she would disappear again. So then I thought, well, why don't I go to the root of the problem? Why, why don't I find out, you know, who's dealing this drug, who's who's bringing this drug here? And so um, I started publicly shaming the meth dealers from here and just hanging out with my daughter, you know, and trying to do interventions on her when she's coming down and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to support her into staying sober and, and, you know, just talking with her, like mother and daughter, she didn't realize she's been, you know, giving me all this information into her people and where she's getting it. So I just, I start publicly shaming them, but then it came with its backlashes. I got death threats. I got a gun mm-hmm. held to my head. I got, um, my windows are constantly getting bashed out even to this day. Well, one thing I noticed, Julie, with my personal experience with meth, I was addicted for 10 years and I found myself isolated from my family and really only associating with other people that used, where did you see the kids or the people, you know, getting together to use? They have certain houses here that they use as uh, trap houses, um, where they all can congregate. They're um, basically like out of, out of the city limits. Majority of them are where there's low traffic. What I'm seeing basically is the um, addicts becoming the dealers to support their own habit, to support so that they can keep using. Well, the big, you know, the big dealers are off the reservation, and so these these are the ones. You know, they use them as their meals to bring it down here. And was your daughter isolated from you, or did you find yourself not seeing your daughter anymore? What was... um... She would take off. I knew when she would start using because she would leave, and she would be gone for maybe two, three weeks at a time. And, you know, her safe place to get high was in Rapid City, 120 miles away from here. Sometimes I wouldn't see or hear from her for, like, two weeks at a time, and then I'll... I'll have to literally go looking for her and find her and bring her home, you know, and then she'd come home and sleep and eat and spend a couple of days with her kids, and then she would be gone again. So, you know, the time she was home, I'd have to try to use that, utilize that time to try to, you know, talk her into, you know, coming back to us and leaving that mess world. Because, you know, when every time she'd walk off that door, I, I, I didn't know if I'd ever even see her again. That's quite a scary feeling. And 
Um, you kind of mentioned that there wasn't much help on the reservation or there wasn't much happening as a form of uh, programs. How have you been getting your own voice out there? You said you would publicly shame people that were dealing, but how did you become that uh, voice of reason basically to tell folks, you know, this is um, not a good idea. This is bad for you. Um, you know, what was your method of communication to people? I would have walks and rallies, at least one every week in different communities around the reservation. And, you know, I would tell, I would come with presenters that had overcome that, or I would tell them true stories from what I experienced. And, you know, some of the presenters are, are like, do you want us to hold back or do you want us to tell, you know, tell our story? I said, don't hold back. You know, that's your story. You know, and these kids need to hear that. They need to hear this real life. You know, that's, that's where, you know, if you mess with math, that's, these real life stories could be you one day. That actually brings up something that I was curious about, which is, is there any way that you or, or Mothers Against Meth more broadly is explicitly politicizing all of this? So you said the meth comes in from outside the community. Are you naming how this is part of a bigger piece of oppression, of genocide, of violence against Native communities? Exactly, because, you know, it's it's uh, um, it's all chemicals. It's, you know, it's all chemicals. And so, you know, to me, that's like another form of chemical genocide because they look at the reservation and we're, we, we are the poorest nation in the United States, right? Shannon County, Oglala, Lakota County. But we have the biggest use of, of hardcore drugs here. So now these cartels are these, these people see, you know, cash crop down here where a kid will rip their mom off and not think twice about it to go get the mess because that's how hooked they are on it. So it takes over them. It takes over their mind, their body, their spirit. So it's not even them anymore. It's the mess spirit. I don't know why it's like that. I mean, it's all part of the oppression and it's really sad because how can the poorest county in the United States be have the highest rate of meth use? You know, our cocaine use back in the day, it's just like one drug after another that sweeps through here. But by far, meth has been the worst. And you mentioned also earlier that besides you being the voice of reason out there with marching, um, having rallies, speaking engagements, what has been the reaction of tribal government? You mentioned that you kind of brought it to their attention. Have they been acting or is there any sort of tribal government uh, work, rehab, counseling programs, anything like that? We do have one program here. It's called a Betuluto TP, but mainly based on alcohol, alcohol treatment. So when we do need to get a kid into treatment for meth, it's not the meth treatment that they'll receive. It'll be that 45-day alcohol treatment, 90-day at the most alcohol treatment. For them to fully fully overcome the meth addiction, they need a year or more of treatment, and the tribe doesn't offer that. And I've been protesting at the tribal council meetings. I I go try to talk to the president, but of course, meth has infiltrated our tribal government. Also, the tribal treasurer's wife was caught in his tribal vehicle with meth, heroin, pills, and alcohol. Wow. Yeah, that gets pretty intense. No one's immune from the grip of it. Right. Right. You know, meth has no prejudices. Anyone it can grasp, it will. 
one thing that we know as uh, as Indian people is that one way to heal ourselves is to get back into traditional ways to uh, hold ceremonies and to just really remind ourselves of like who we are and what the land means to us, what it means to be an indigenous person. Is that happening at all on your end over there? When I first sobered up 10 years ago, see, I'm a cocaine addict and I'm an alcoholic. I stood on the streets of White Clay for a year of my life, you know, and so I, I know what it is to be down and out, to be the addict, you know, begging for whatever. And so when I sobered up, my uncle, he would be adamant about coming after me every Sunday and taking me to sweat, you know, and he had just started his sweat and it was, um, and he was a recovering addict. He used to stand on the streets of White Clay. 30 years ago and we were joking about it in sweat last week because he said um yeah you we're just, we're elders now we gotta gotta be a good teacher so i said yep i learned how to stand in white clay from you but it was just a joke <laughs> you know i said and now i'm still following in your footsteps because now we're in this sacred circle together praying for the the other addicts to come into this circle so i do offer that to them every sunday you know, if you don't have a ride, call me. I'll pick mm. you up. You know, if you if you want to go, and I don't force it on them. I I offer it, and you know, I and the first thing I do when I do do an intervention, I also go out and do interventions. Is the first thing I do is smudge, because that med spirit don't like don't like the smell of our medicines either. You know, so that's you know that's what people always say. What do you what do you carry with you for weapons? I said smudge. <laughs> I have sage. <laughs> And has your daughter been to the uh, sweat? Have you taken your daughter with you? I have. I even um, I took her to a ceremony to to bring her spirit back, but she didn't follow through. You know, we were supposed to go back, and um, there was another part of the ceremony she was supposed to do, but she had taken off by then. And it was just it was just basically like that. She take off, come back, take off. The last time she took off, she ended up in jail. So now they just transferred her to the South Dakota State Women's Prison last week. Well, let's hope this time um, you could pull her all the way back, get her in that sweat lodge, and um, you know, uh, let her follow in the actual footsteps and uh, be part of that healing circle. I sure hope so. I, I really, that's why I said I hope this is her last rock bottom because, you know, in reality, her next rock bottom, you know, I know... She probably won't be here with us anymore. That's the the scary thing about this drug. We all have like these battles inside. Those of us have been addicted to meth, and it's great to see that um, women, especially, are leading a way to um, get people healthy and healed. Thank you for um, your hard work again. That's the voice of Julie Richards Olagala Lakota from South Dakota, and she is the founder of. Mothers Against Meth Alliance, and she's been speaking with us tonight on Full Circle. Thank you, Julie, for being back on, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time, and definitely we appreciate your um, will to keep up the fight. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM KPFA. That was the voice of Julie Richards. She's the founder of Mama Mothers Against Meth Alliance, and that was only part of our conversation with Julie. If you want to hear the rest of Julie's story of her time at Standing Rock and the message she brought to the camp uh, and continues to bring on behalf of her people connecting meth addiction, sexual violence, the disappearance of Native women, and extractive industries, 
check out our website at kpfaapprentice.org. There we will also have links for Mama's website and Facebook page, or just search the web for Mothers Against Meth Alliance. And I personally was very interested in hearing what Julie had to say. As per some of our full circle regulars may know, and again, I mentioned in that conversation with Julie, I too struggled with meth addiction for 10 years, and it was time I'll never get back. And I also saw a lot of my friends fall victim to meth as well. So in honor of that, I will post my story on our website as well for anyone that's interested in checking it out. That's kpfaapprentice.org. Now, let's take a short music break, and when we return, we'll hear from our final guest of the night, Native Artist in Action. We'll be right back. You are listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 KPFA. And you just heard Angel, Angel <laughs> by Kay Ali and Let's Just Be. That track was produced by T for the Beats. Uh, check that out if you get a chance. Of course, we will have a link to the video on our page, kpfaapprentice.org. Up next, we got a trio of comrades, two from New Mexico, another from Southern Cali. They have united as Native Artists in Action. My co-host, Free Will and Franklin, sat down with them to learn about the work they do with young folks and to check out some of their music. Welcome, gentlemen. We got um, Bishop, Bishop Underdog. Underdog. What's yes, up, sir. Bishop? 
Um, we got Antro. Yo, what up, what up? And then back in the back, we got Lenka. Chapanayan, Lenka. Kushkatan. How y'all doing? Great. Great, lovely. Doing well. Thanks for having us out. Well, let's just um, start with what you're doing in the area. I know you were on Alcatraz during the Sunrise Gathering. So what did you guys think about that ceremony um, being the first time? Well, the no thanks, no giving attitude was um, what I have had my whole life. And being able to be around people that had the same mentality was um, powerful and strong for me because this whole time it's been denied to me the true history that the Thanksgiving is celebrating genocide. And every time that people sit down and eat and celebrate, they're essentially celebrating genocide. Yeah, and for me, I didn't know what to expect, and um, it was just a powerful experience. You know, uh, I got so much more out of it than I think I would have, and like Bishop was saying, it was just, you know, it it hit the heart real good, and it was just just what I needed to take back to my community as well. And that's Antro. What's up, Lenka? What do you think about that? Uh, It's always an honor to be here in Ohlone territory. I've been coming down here for the last probably 10 to 11 years, and and I brought my son once too, so that was a a beautiful experience to to grow as a family, you know. And um, that's one of the reasons I started coming here from the Bay. I'm originally from Tongva territory, or what you guys know as Los Angeles. And so I keep coming back up here, you know, for specifically you know, to visit, you know, that ceremony and to connect with the fire, you know, and with the with all the community that's here. Prior to that, we, we were blessed to uh, have our doors opened at um, Homie, which is a, a Homie's organization with, that worked to empower youth, uh, mostly Central American uh, native youth. And so we were blessed to be able to do a, a small workshop for them and present some of our music. So prior to... Um, uh, going to the ceremony at Alcatraz, we stopped there and the night before, and they were also going to be there. So we we spent time also uh, with them as as they also prepared to go to that that, that special place. Uh, well, let's get into some music. So as we talked about, this is Native artists in action. They do painting workshops, paint murals. They teach youth, but they also are um, hip hop or rap artists. And we got a track from Bishop Underdog here. It's Don't Forget About Me. Uh, Want to tell us about this and what, what we're about to hear? This song is um, a song I wrote dedicating it to my ancestors and those that passed before me that uh, are the reason why it still exists and the reason why I'm still alive. Those that passed on fighting for our religious rights, fighting for our ways. Those people that stood up and didn't say, and said, hey, we're not taking no more from these oppressors. We're not taking no more from these settlers. The, those people, this, this song was for them. And these, this song is uh, what I feel was necessary to uh, address my, you know, historic trauma that I'm going through, you know, the, the ancestral trauma, you know, the stuff that's embedded in me that I know I survived. My people survived genocide. My people survived the first Holocaust, you know, that Hitler actually went and um, took the blue, uh, blueprint from America to do to the Jewish people. Not many people state that or address that, but it's true. This is what he did. What the Europeans did to Native Americans is what he got the idea for the Jewish community. So don't forget about that. You know, this is the song that I'm saying for them, the people that passed, that people have forgotten about. That's the voice of Bishop Underdog. This is your local community radio station. KPFA. We'll be right back. 
message went forward and the rituals as hearsay and savage. Somehow this tactic was based on lust and greed. Cause they kidnapped his daughter for their lustful needs. They deemed her unholy before they tied up her body. Guess she met the criteria for the Santa Maria. As a sex slave, you couldn't have phantomed the idea of immortalizing a kidnapper or even a rapist. But you do it every year when you salute Columbus and teach us fictitious lines all over America. They deny history from us for the love of the U.S. Denying her existence, but in my heart, I feel her presence. Crying in the wind, although she'll never breathe again. She whispers me the things she wishes all were a dream. No matter how she was treated, she will always be a queen. In the night, I hear her screaming, it was all a dream. I hear my bloodline crying over crimes committed, they saying Let me unwind time, show you more specifics, they chanted My people fought for this land before the U.S. existed, screaming So it's only right I show disobedience while I'm living He knew what the Spaniards were doing was wrong So he thought of the idea that when the long revolutionary criteria deemed worthy of a song telling the people only ways to unite the pueblos against the common enemy who resembles his own devil they picked a daily revolt when he was off to spread the news disguise this rope knots to keep the enemies misconstrued passing judgments with their bibles as if they hide the true idols find the wrong and killing the people who refuse to be slaves each pueblo got the message revolt to sustain plants almost got besieged but they never came to that stage then came the day the people let out their rage Took refuge on Cormoth and after the coup d'etat. Can't keep the doors, couldn't climb without the armor shield and all. So they stripped their own armor off. That's when their lives were all lost. But the ambush wasn't as fierce as the fucking trail of tears. I hear my bloodline crying over crimes committed, they saying. Let me unwind time, show you more specifics, they chanted. My people fought for this land before the U.S. existed, screaming. Disobedience while I'm still living. Picture a holocaust, denied at all costs. The cost of colonialization is the raping of children and women. The annihilation of tribes by self-righteous Christian men. Raping the women, they thought were abomination. Catholicism, see the sex trade started when the Mayflower departed. Couldn't find gold, so the souls went cold-hearted. The first grave robbers in America were European. Inferiorating those who respect for their fellow human beings. Cause they indigenous knew to cleanse the mind, body, and soul. While Europeans stayed dirty as their priests with nine-year-olds. Subjugating the women to justify their abductions. They chopping off the legs of men with remote connections. And the two I mentioned are just a couple of victims. He spent his last days on one leg wondering why. Why she laid on her deathbed with no one to hear her cries. But I hear them in my bloodline chanting one last time. I hear my bloodline crying over crimes committed, they saying. Let me unwind time, show you more specifics, they chanted. My people fought for this land before the U.S. existed, screaming. So it's only right I show disobedience while I'm still living. Yeah. Getting it down. All right, welcome back. This is your local community radio station, KPFA. That was Bishop Underdog with Don't Forget About Me. And welcome back. Um, Bishop, that was great, man. What do you think about using your artistry and music and rap for teaching? I think that's the best route for me because I know 
when I leave this world, the only thing that I'm leaving is um, my bloodline and what I left behind of knowledge-wise, you know? Material and everything, that that stuff breaks, that stuff gets old, that withers. But the knowledge you share with these youth or uh, your offspring is going to last who, as long as they keep passing it. So that's something that I think I have to emphasize in my music because nobody's doing that kind of rap unless you look for it, you go out and look for it. So I'm 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 blessed to be from New Mexico because New Mexico, you know, people are just going to let them bubble over because we're talented as hell out there. And, you know, we don't have, you know, these big label companies that are seeing what we're doing. So they're not profiting off of our our uh creativity and in in turn we're we're keeping it genuine and authentic and never watered down it's always within the community competition it's never for uh uh money unless you know of course people are battling but what i'm talking about mostly is the people within our our hip-hop community in the southwest they're spreading knowledge they're spreading education you know for the most part new mexico holds it down with a lot of people educating stuff so i gotta shout out new mexico for that yeah all right let's move on and talk a little bit about what native arts in action uh does we were talking a little bit before we got on the air about some of the work that you do with the community why don't we have antro tell us a little bit about you know what kind of workshops you're doing what kind of um youth are you working with how old are they you know what's going on with you guys yeah, well, Native Artists in Action, I um, came into the picture after I had come into play with Bishop Underdog and Legion. And, um, you know, we're offering different workshops from wood burning with K. Benali and Let's Just Be, uh, different um, acrylic art, aerosol art. We're doing the, the healthy foods aspect as well, making smoothies with people. And, you know, it's for uh, it's for anybody in the community where, you know, we like to reach out to at risk at communities of color. But at the same time, you know, there's always um, our palettes always open to adding more. So, you know, there's so much more to bring in. There's recording workshops as well that we brought in with other artists. There's going to be writing workshops. Multimedia is probably going to come into the picture, you know, making movies and beat making and you name it. You know, we're open to anything and it's only going to get better. So how old are these kids that you're working with? These kids can range from, what, four years old to young adulthood. So, you know, there's no age limit, but we do like to get them while they're young, you know, while their brains are still still fresh. And so we get it in their heads and hopefully they carry that on and remember that, you know, they got skills and they got talents that they possess and you got to use it to your fullest potential. And that's the voice of Antro, one of the native artists in action. And he also has a track that he provided for us to play. You want to tell us about Rising, what we're going to hear here? Yeah, this song is off uh, me and DJ Beso's new EP that we're trying to release next month. It's called the Metamorphosis EP. And this song, Rising, features my very good homegirl. Her name's Akila, out from Gallup, New Mexico. And she's doing a lot of great work with... Um, with our language and preserving that and getting it out there. And for me, I wasn't really raised as much around my own native language. So I'm slowly tapping into that feel and learning more about who I am. And so I said, why not put our language into a song and build on it that way so we can both let people know that, you know, we do care about our heritage in that way and that we're trying to preserve it, 
you know, and throw in, into throwing it into music. So, yeah, this song is called Rising. All right, let's check that out. This is your local community radio station, KPFA. We'll be right back. Are you come back to earth? Getting up high, details become a blur. Water's the source, and there's poisoners. Water is life, and the choice is yours. You lose connect, you'll be put in check by these very people who lack respect. Now, are you gonna give up? Together, we're stronger. From the looks of it, yo, we don't have much longer. Are you gonna rise up? Together, we're stronger. From the looks of it, yo. We don't have much longer Breaking it down, just leave it in the ground So the ways around, we can figure it out Open the mind, can't be stuck in doubt The youth are the ones we should be talking about They are the future, but disregarded In what was started, that would lead more hardship Just think about it, money out of the frame What did you leave and what did you change? Replenish, revitalize We've always been through the lies Moving through, groove with my lines Revealing truth as I see the signs Some stay blind, playing like it's fine Well, substance rhymes come out my mind So now's that time I'm drawn back to the ancients, doing what I can now, purpose in these page flips. I'm right here by your side, by your side. Every day another lie, another lie. We can make it if we try. If we try, it's up to you what's on your mind, what's on your mind. This is your local community radio station, KPFA. That was Rising by Antro. And he had a featured artist who was... Akila from Gallup. And she was right at the end there speaking in the native tongue of... She was speaking the Dene language, Dene Bazad, Navajo. And what were the lyrics? Can you remember and recite the lyrics or tell us something that she said? Um, she's pretty much, you know, giving um, giving thanks to Mother Earth for what she provides for us, and we're just reminding people how sacred she is, and the, um, you know, the relevance that ties into our lives, and we're just uh, letting people know there's 
There's more to life than material objects. We have to respect these elements and give thanks for what provides life for us. And we're just pushing and reminding people that you have purpose in your life and it's up to you to go find it and to take charge of that. That's right. And it's always important to protect the Mother Earth. And I think that's one thing that you can see now that with the extractive resources, you know, we're still on the front lines trying to protect the sacred Mother Earth. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's uh, it's a very uh, crucial time. So we really got to step up and get out of our comfort zones and reach out to our communities and really take a focus on these um, on these incidences that are happening all across Turtle Island and just really wake up and be like, all right, we really got to come together and do something about this. Yeah. And um, this is a uh, Bishop Underdog yeah. back on the mic. Yeah. Bishop Underdog spelled U-N-D-U-R-D-O-G. You know, just to get a little twist to it. From the Zuni Pueblo, all my Pueblo people out there, what's up? I'm out here, just want to mention that they're also trying to attack our land out there. You know, the Sandoval County Commission is literally trying to auction off freaking rights for Chaco Canyon. Chaco Canyon, if you don't know, is a sacred site. It's only parallel to um, places like the pyramids in Egypt or in Mexico, you know, Machu Picchu areas. You know, these these are sites that are ancient but still have the energy with them, still have that understanding that we don't have because our elders grasped a lot more than we could. And, you know, they want to just come and take that energy extract that energy there's a reason like my sister Johnny said there's a reason why us people have our shrines and have our monuments right close right to where they have these energy sources energy these things they wish to extract we were attracted to it too but it's not for the same reasons it's not for us to extract and destroy our earth it's for us to soak it in 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 a you know, metaphysical level, in the spiritual level, and carry it with us, you know? That's great. Uh, we need to protect the land, protect the sacred sites, and protect uh, those resources. As um, your little friend was saying outside, keep it in the ground, keep it in the soil <laughs> out there. Yeah. She's been going to protest since she was young, so she knows all the chants. Free Paltier, Minewachani, Wally's Life, you know, that's stuff that, we have to pass on to these youngsters nowadays because nobody's going to educate them about Peltier or even, I'm not sure if you heard of uh, Larry Casus, you know, these people in Gallup, you know, he, these people that um, paved the way for indigenous movements. Yeah, it's up to us. They, you ain't going to learn it in the schools. It's up to us as elders, as um, adults, brothers, um, cousins, uncles and aunts to um, teach what we know before um, we're gone and before what little we still grasp is gone with us. So we got to soak in what we can from the elders, pass it on and carry it on. Speaking of carrying on, we got another artist that's been um, languishing in the background. You've heard him a couple of times speaking and how important it is to think about the earth, how important it is to think about what we protect, what we do with our words, how we present ourselves in front of youth. Blanca uh, is back there. Lenka, tell us um, what's up with you. What's your collaboration with Native Artists in Action? Yeah, for like uh, probably 13 years, I've been, you know, just working a little bit of whatever I believe hip-hop is to me, you know. 
But uh, the last three years, I was just, you know, reconsidering life, you know, reconnecting and, and, and taking care of more family stuff until, like, I got a phone call from a, from a friend of mine, you know, a DJ, a very good DJ, you know, in, in the local area that now lives in New Mexico, you know. And so I received a call, and, and it's DJ Clara Daly, and tells me, hey, yo, we're going to come through with some uh, with some native artists, and they're going to be doing this, that, you know. So, yeah, I remember, like, a year ago, he had been here back in L.A., and he had told me that he was going to do that. And so then he called me and said, we're going. And so I, that was one of the first shows that I, I started going back to as an artist. And I was just, you know, just reconsidering life and, you know, taking a break, only working little small little projects. But but then these brothers show up. And so I hear that they're from the Zuni Pueblo, that they hear they're Dene. And like, yo, I'm like, I got to go. I got to go check this out. You know, I got to go meet these these brothers and sisters and, you know, and, and just reconnect with that type of hip hop, which I've always, you know, loved to do. And I've always uh, uh, tried to push in terms of uh, the Central American indigenous Salvadoran identity. You know, that's why I go by Comandante now Maya Lenka. And short, you know, now these brothers refer to me as Lenka. A lot of people here in the Bay Area know me as Comandante. Comandante Nahuatmayalenca. A lot of people in LA is the same thing. Comandante Nahuatmayalenca or just Comandante. And so, um, when they 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 basically Native Artists in Action, when they went to LA, they reignited, you know, that spark and they lit up that fire. And so I did whatever I could to to also connect them with whatever I knew around that area, you know. So and ever since, you know what I'm saying, they I could say that they I, they have inspired me to continue, you know what I'm saying, doing doing this type of hip hop. Well, we got a uh, a track queued up. Tell us what we're gonna hear from you before we um, play this track. Yeah, Rio Lempa is just like one of the first songs uh, that 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 I wrote, and the first thing I say is Rio Lempa. That's the Lempa River, and so everything is tied to to water. You know, since since I started writing, I started writing about water. You know, so Rio Lempa is one of the sacred uh, rivers in El Salvador, and so I got inspired to 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 write about that. And uh, it's another is a basically uh, that song and the, the the little verse after that, just one verse, and then the other verse is basically a track I used from Reyes del Bajo Mundo out of New York. They're like the pioneers of hip hop in El Salvador, and so in their album they had a, a little track as an intro. And I asked for their permission. Hey, yo, you guys left like a, a one-minute track as an intro, and it sounds dope. Can I bless it with some lyrics? And they gave me permission. So shout out to Rey del Bajo Mundo out of New York. You know, they, 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 been, they were the pioneers of Salvadoran hip-hop and whatnot. And so I, I spit some verses there about indigenous people and, uh, again, about the, the whole um, uh, struggle. Yeah. All right. This is your local community radio station, KPFA. We'll be right back. Desde lo más profundo de el río Lempa, aquí dentro y se presenta el Nahuatl Mayalenca, Guanaco de la Trenza en la frecuencia, buscado por la central de inteligencia, promoviendo la resistencia. LA to Morazan, MacArthur Park, Pico Union, knocking down Babylon. No need for a gun, indigenous revolution, West Coast DC and Maryland. Big props to El Salvador rap that come. A loco watch out as we get around. Guanaco downtown on the ground. Tecniqueando desde el subterráneo. El peyo que se infiltra en tu cráneo. We need more independent media on the radio. Infiltrated with guerrilla taxes on your stereo. Yeah, yeah. Y desde el bajo mundo. 
sigue sonando el son del cuchumbo Pongan atención, guerrilla del bajo mundo Llegó el MC de son sonate Así es que calmate, mejor fíjate Ando puma, corvo y chicha en tecomate Sopón con frijol, tortillas, aguacate No hagas ni un mate, olvídate y comportate Ya estás en jaque mate I'm a bad habit, classic like Twitch, need a rabbit Let me say thanks, gracias, champanayan We know what's going on, hip hop indigenous revolution Venimos del volcán, duerme el gran cabracán Protégenos del huracán, we bringing down Babylon Los Ángeles MC Metapan Alright, that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Be sure to check out Native Artists in Action. We will have a link to their social media on our webpage, kpfaapprentice.org. There you will also find the extended interview of Native Artists in Action and hear their thoughts on Colin Kaepernick, who was honored at the Alcatraz Gathering for his outspokenness. Tune in next week to Full Circle to learn about persecutory culture, a historical look at how 45 got to office on the anniversary of his inauguration. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Frank Sterling. Joy Moore is our production consultant. We've been your hosts this evening. I'm Kat Petru. I'm Free Will and Franklin. Thanks to Darlene on the boards and our tech assistants from G43, Sharon and Steve. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Please stay tuned. La Onda Bajita is next. Bye.